Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. We have a full house today. I got to go down the list. It's Armani Buckets. It's Brandon Deutsch. It's Alicia Del Valle. The return of Jake Dicker. And welcome, Lisa Hillary. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, Armani Buckets, let's begin with you. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, you know, it's uh, we just talked about it off air, but Iran is in the World Cup. <laughs> and I was expecting at least like Terrible. one nothing, 2 nothing, 6 to 2 Terrible. 6 to 2 So, yeah, a little disappointing Terrible. this this uh, this Monday. You know, it's great to see everybody here, full house, excited. You know, SC got me hyped. I was a little nervous during that game on Saturday, but it's, you know, with that Tennessee loss, I'm I'm super pumped. You know, it's still a tough, tough road ahead with Notre Dame, who's been playing great football. And, um, you know, what what is it going to be, Oregon, Washington? One of them is going to be in, right? Or Utah? No. Oregon. Oregon, probably, right? Oregon, two tough games, but if they win, they should be the fourth team. So that's going to be fun. It's uh, it's great to be back, back in here with you guys, uh, back in town for a few days for Thanksgiving. Saw my get to see my family, now I get to come see my radio family. Um, no, this is this is great. This is fun. Oh, so Vegas, baby. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead. I know we've got a tough match with Notre Dame, but Arash, like that game, epic, epic, epic. It was worth going to the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah, listen, it, <laughs> it, it, it was a classic. This was the type of game that I expected, a 48-45 yeah. game. And again, yeah. you're going to knock their defense. The defense came up big, not only at the end of the first half, obviously, to complete the game. I thought the game was over. Yeah. I said, oh, my goodness, USC is going to punt. This game is over. I mean, the first team to punt is going to lose the game. And so for their defense to step up the way that they did, huge win, top five team. That's yeah. amazing. Amazing. Well, let's see. The we know the the CFP committee is going to put LSU ahead of them, probably still. We'll so, see. We'll see. I hope nice. not. But and Lisa, how was your weekend? You were at the uh, Chargers game. You were at SoFi. What was that like? Oh, well, great experience. Fantastic. But I mean, at the end of the day, it was a choke job. I mean, it <laughs> oh. just. I mean, you but you can't underestimate Patrick Mahomes nope. and Kelsey. I mean, it's just the one. You just kind of get that feeling, right, when. You give them, you give Patrick Mahomes a minute left. Yep. Yeah, that yep. he's gonna win every he, single time. It was too right? much time. It's like a classic. Well, the penalty yeah. when that penalty gave them a first down, yeah. and that's when I knew that was a it bad was call. Hard. By yeah. the way, yeah. that I was know. a bad call. Yeah, but, uh. the highlight for me was seeing Bo Derek. Bo Derek right. was in the house. You guys are too young to remember Bo Derek. Wait, ten yeah. with the brain? Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, she was there. Who is Bo Derek? (laughs) (laughs) Aging myself. I'm pretending like I know Bo Derek, but I don't know either. Seriously, who is? (laughs) 
She, she was um, oh, well, she. oh yeah, yeah. So, she was like a goddess. Just, she was one of the queens of posters, like the back bra- of the day. The braids, the bathing. There's suit, a famous like, yeah, scene in a movie where she's walking out of the ocean, like a goddess with braids. And, and they showed it on the screen last night. Did they did a split screen of her and her husband. And then did she date somebody famous or marry? Yeah, they're married. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Her, her husband looks like a winner. Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. He's anyway, got a nice beard. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was just a great atmosphere. Always, always, obviously a great show at SoFi. But yeah, I it just was disappointed. Bad. I thought they had it. I so thought the Chargers would win that game. I did. Uh-huh. After yeah, loss and loss and loss to the Chiefs, I thought finally, you know, they were going to win. Herbert looked good. Yeah. They didn't even have Allen and Mike Williams at full strength. Obviously, they're still dealing with injuries. As evident, Mike Williams coming out of the game. Keenan Allen not looking 100%, but Josh Palmer stepped up. It seemed yeah. like the defense stepped up without without um, Joey Bosa. And, you know, Derwin James played well Asante Samuel I mean it's just it's it's mind-boggling how you can just give a team like literally I was I when when they got the ball the Chiefs I was saying right away the Chargers should call their timeouts like I know it's crazy but like I knew they were going to score I was like the Chargers should call their timeouts Mm -hmm. like how crazy is that Jake yeah I mean any time is too much time with Patrick Mahomes. The guy runs two-minute drills in his sleep. It's just and he's so it, confident. him. Yeah. Kelsey's not. Kelsey's a receiver. He's not a tight end. He goes out there. I mean, he is. We saw it yesterday with Kelsey. We saw it with Devontae Adams. At the end of games, I don't understand how these premier pass catchers are wide open, just given so much space to go out and make something happen. Um, like I understand defense is playing prevent defense at the end of games, but it's just getting. With, with Mahomes and Kelsey, it, it's never over, ever. So yeah. Someone like Mahomes, he steps up. He sees that end of the game as a challenge to overcome. He never gets down, unlike other quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers. Well, and personally. <laughs> I'm not saying, like, Mahomes, you cannot. Yeah, and He's like a Brady, right? I'm, At the end I, of the game, they rise up. Yeah, I'm scared. Even if the 49ers somehow live up to their potential and get out of the NFC, I am petrified if we play the Chiefs. Like, we will get drilled. We already lost to the Chiefs by a lot. I'm just hoping the Dolphins can pull off an upset or something in the AFC and just kick, knock them out early like last year. I was year thinking of that last year when you talk about how lucky, quote-unquote, the Rams got last yeah. year. Did not want to go to Green Bay to play the Packers. They, yeah. they would have lost that game. Did not want to play the Chiefs. In both cases, they found a way to play the team that I wanted them to play. Speaking of the Rams, we have to kind of put a bow on this terrible season. And we were talking before we came on, and I'm really upset because, listen, they did win a Super Bowl, but at the end of the day... It's embarrassing. Three and seven, they're about to get smoked next week against the Chiefs. Yes, listen, I am still riding the wave and the high of the Super Bowl. Again, that game happened in February. It happened in 2022. We're still in 22. So they won this year. That being said... What the heck? What the heck's going on? So, do you, like, like if they continue this process, they don't have any first-round picks for a while, a lot of these guys are, are getting up there in, in um, age. If Sean McVay retires, not retires, but, but he leaves, he goes and does the uh, TV thing. If Aaron Donald leaves, if Jalen Ramsey wants to leave, if, you know, like, like, what does the future hold? I mean, it for could the be. Team? I mean, this reminds me so much of the Lakers situation when they won the championship, and you know, then the following year, the only difference is they blew up a team that was first in defense with Caruso and everybody, and they would have had a chance to win again the following year. They obviously didn't win because of injuries. Um, but look, the Rams—they won their Super Bowl. I always make this argument. People are talking about the embarrassment of the Rams, and yes, it is. But they just won the Super Bowl. 
all. It was worth it. I know they don't have picks. I know that. But look, the path to contention next year, as grim as it may seem, they really just need to get in free agency a couple of offensive linemen, and I know it's easier said than done, and a receiver. A good receiver. I, I know they might not have the, the finances with... This is always a problem when you give all this money to five or six guys, you know, with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, um, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, right? It's, it's, it's difficult. And Bobby Wagner, who's mm-hmm. been great, by the way. And it's kind of... It's, it's been overlooked because the team's been so bad. But that core of those five players is still a, an amazing core. It's the, it's the complementary pieces, right? They have no offensive line. They're not giving Stafford enough time to throw. Allen Robinson's good but really it, it's hard for Stafford to get anybody the ball with that offensive line. That needs to be the priority in the offseason, and it's a, there's a clear path to contention next year if they can sign a couple of good free agents for complementary pieces. So it's not completely dead in the water for the Rams' future yet. Yeah, otherwise you're looking at an entirely different team next year. Yeah. I mean, honestly, on paper, it'll be a totally different team. I think next week in Kansas City is going to be a really big game. Uh, 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 I'm not looking forward to that game. And again, Brandon, to just double down on what you just mentioned, not only is Stafford not allowed to throw, but he's suffering another concussion, right? He's going into In his elbow. He hasn't been healthy all year. Yeah, no one's brought up his elbow. It's been hurt. Sacked more than any other quarterback. One other quarterback is sacked more than... Stafford. <laughs> some of his throws are just like generational. Like you see the ones that two two out well yesterday. Who they should use more, by the way. I mean, why they don't use him? He's one of the fastest guys in the league, right? Yeah, I mean the talent. The talent's there. It's just, I mean, when you when any injury or position group goes through, you know, injuries, it's tough. When it's your offensive line who give, isn't giving Stafford time to throw the ball, he's getting hurt. Cooper Cup, not out for the year, but essentially out for the year. He'll he'll be what. Four and nine when he comes back, there's no reason for him to be back on the yeah. field. Can't figure out who's the lead lead rusher, whether it's Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers. Um, but yeah, it's just you lose Odell Beckham Jr., you lose Andrew Whitworth, you lose Von Miller, um, you bring in Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner to try and kind of patch up those holes. And then, I mean, then you're never healthy all year. And it just yeah. started, it started rough week one uh, with Buffalo. And they, yeah. it was, there was a big question mark is, is who's the best team in football? And they clearly were, were not the best team uh, that played in that game. Um, and it's kind of never, never kind of evened itself out. Yeah. I was listening to uh, Peter Schrager of the NFL Network, and this was before this week's game. And he was, this was speculation, but he was saying how Sean McVay's competitive spirit and competitive drive would not allow him to go out like this. I would agree with that. So, I mean, because seriously, had he left and gone to the broadcast booth, by the way, he would have been viewed as more of a genius than he like already was yeah. because I mean, this was going to happen regardless of who was the head coach. So I mean, if Sean McVay had left and gone to the broadcast booth, and the Super Bowl champion without McVay goes on to have this kind of a year, he would have looked even more brilliant. Exactly. Right? So <laughs> I would agree with you though. There's no way he walks off like this. And by the way, the the coach that he looked up to the most, and obviously. You know, he's viewed in a different light. John Gruden, you got to look at, the, this is the worst defending Super Bowl championship season since t- Tampa Bay, where the Bucks go, I think, 7-9, and nine, a below mm-hmm. 500 uh, season. So at this point, they're going to be worse than that. But uh, I do believe Sean McVay does come back. And I do believe that, 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 that if this team stays healthy, they're a good team, but again, it is so hard to win a championship, and that's yes. why I, I, I tell people you have to appreciate it, whether you won in 2020 without fans or whatever. You have to appreciate when you, your team wins because it's so hard. Um, 
Speaking of turnarounds, though, what USC done, ha, yeah. has done this year, I mean, really speaks to the transfer portal. Um, you know, if you went to that game, and Alicia, we went to a couple of games a year yes. ago when they were just one of the worst teams in all Yuck. of college football. <laughs> they hire... They hire Lincoln Riley, but beyond that, the transfer portal allowed them to get a, f- a five-star caliber, you know, quarterback, receiver. Mm-hmm. Now they're a top-five team. And again, two wins away from, I believe, and I don't really think it's a, that much of a question. When you look at, you, you have to have some Pac-12 representation, I think. So listen, one of the top five, one of the top four teams will get knocked off this Saturday, but... Yep. I don't think there's a doubt in my mind. If USC does what I think that they can do, and again, they are favored by two and a half at Circus Sports, to beat the well, Irish, they should go there. They should. Stanford beat Notre Dame. You know, and, and look. That, that was a while ago, and this team I know, it's different. Quarter. It's yeah. different, but at the same time, their quarterback can't, can't throw the football at an elite level. So if they stop the run game, they win this football game. And they, and they continue. The, the problem I'm going to have is, like, Notre Dame's defense is really good. Can the Trojans continue to put up, you know, massive offensive numbers? I think they can. I think they score 35 to 40 points. I think that's all you need to beat Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame's going to be able to score more than 30 points in this game because of their limitations at quarterback. Again, it's going to be about turnovers. The Trojans are the, you know, they have the highest turnover ratio in the country, I believe, um, if I read that correctly, over the weekend. And they had, what, Three or well, four turnovers, right? DTR at four or three? Three or four? Uh, three picks. Three, three picks, picks, but there was a fumble. So that's four. Four. Okay. So, yeah, yeah no, I was just making sense. I, I didn't know if he had two or three picks. But, yeah, so four, four, four turnovers, right? If they do that against Notre Dame, if they even get one to two, they win that football game because Notre Dame's not going to be able to keep up with their offense. Plain and simple. Yeah, I was wrong about SC. Uh, I sat in this chair this summer and said that SC was going to go about eight and four and show signs of improvement, but not be in the playoff conversation. Um, if they went out, they should 1,000% be in the playoff as a one-loss Pac-12 champion over a one-loss Big Ten runner-up, whether it's, I mean, not runner-up because they won't play in the game, but yeah. SC or uh, Ohio State or Michigan, whoever loses that game. Um, Caleb Williams now plus 105 to win the Heisman. Um, Caleb Stroud at minus one. He's going to win. Yeah. It's, it's really now, starting to, to shape up. Does he have two big games? I mean, I don't think he can lose. I think the one mm-hmm. loss, and again, that, that, that loss that he had against Utah, he had 500 total yards. Oh, they should, you see, USC should have won that game, uh, 100%, by the way. 100%. I think, I think if... Michigan beats Ohio State and SC wins out. It's his. Yeah. I think if I think if Ohio State wins goes goes into the playoff undefeated, it's uh. It's well, strange. I also think that's a bad scenario if Michigan beats Ohio State by let's say three points, because then I think the committee, you know, obviously Ohio State's a stronger team than Michigan, with Michigan almost losing like four games to unranked opponents, almost right, Jake? Yeah. Doesn't that yeah, cause issues I don't for think, USC? I don't think you can put in. You can put a one loss. Non Ohio State team who didn't play in a in a conference well, title game. They were going over a, over an SC team who at that point would be what a twelve, 12 and one, and one with, with a one loss a one point loss to Utah. I agree with you, but they were going to road. They were like, going to put Tennessee in. Put, I was not. They were. I know. I know. But I don't think. It's and it's SC. It's such a big. It, SC being good is good for college football. It would make them so and, much and money. The, it makes and the sense. committee missing out on having SC in as that name and the West Coast and kind of bringing the Pac-12 back in because the Pac-12 has been left out of the uh, the playoff conversation for years. Um, 
I think they'd be really stupid to not have a 12 and one SC team in as as the four. I agree with you. My my issue is, and I I hate to say this because I love a Cinderella story, but my issue is with TCU. I mean, the Big 12 is not that good this year, and even if they run the table and go undefeated, like I would rather reward a one loss USC team, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. one, Jake, one point loss in Utah with you know how how well they've played the rest of the season. I understand running the table and rewarding that, but TCU has looked so uninspiring and unimpressive and so I wouldn't really I would rather reward the Big Ten runner-up than TCU I mean this is all contingent upon Georgia beating LSU which we all think is going to happen but if there's some if there's some way that LSU beats Georgia then it gets complicated The the issue with TCU is TCU has four wins over ranked teams SC's best win is, is UCLA. UCLA, and then after that, it's well, it's going to be it, three I mean, if they win off. out. If they win out, it'll be three right. against. Good right, right, right. Yeah, that's if they win out. But yeah. as of now, that's their best point. wins UCLA. Outside of that, I'm looking at their schedule Oregon right State. now. It's it. Yeah, it's a 17, Oregon State's good. Win at Oregon State, yeah. I guess Fresno. That's why they got to. They have to win out. They have to win out. But listen, that's the one thing that you want to do is put yourself in a position to. Listen, it's just on them. Yes, they they would like to get some help along the way, but listen, yeah. if they win out, they're in the college football playoff. Before we head to the break, we do have to talk about the resurgence of the Clippers, and I think we 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 talked about this that if Kawhi is healthy, and, and Kawhi may not be the Kawhi that that we knew before, but if they can get this Kawhi and he starts, he did not like to come off the bench. So the two games that he played coming off the bench, he wasn't comfortable. That's not his role. They look like a, and again, the West is so wide open. They are back to being a contending team. There's no clear-cut team in the West unless I'm wrong here. No, you're right, but I don't like that word resurgence. And I agree well, that they, they were better. below 500. I mean, listen, it was at the beginning of the season, but they, they didn't look good, right? Both the Lakers and the Clippers I'm not going to put them in the same. Antonio. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like those teams are two of the bottom three in the whole. I league. know, but I think we've seen enough from both teams to know that if the Clippers are healthy. Yes, I agree with yeah. that. the The biggest thing with the Clippers against the Spurs was the ball movement. They finally moved the ball. Their offense has been so pathetic for the first whatever month of the season. If they move the ball, they're so scary. And like you mentioned, Arash, the West is wide open. Like who, when you look at the Western Conference standings right now. Who is the best team in this current moment? I don't know the answer to that. And that's good for not only the Clippers, but also for the Lakers. Because if there's no serious threat, then maybe a move. Hey, where's that bet slip? Yeah, exactly. Where is the bet? I don't know where mine is. I need to find it because it <laughs> you looks guys like. Have it to went. touch on it because you didn't. You didn't say who you bet to win the most valuable player this Anthony year. Anthony Davis and, and James. by the way, this idea that he's done, this idea that he's not a top twenty player again, mm-hmm. it needs to be consistent. But he was when he came here a transcendent talent. I mean, there's when a- you looked at what he did in his career, and then you looked at what they did mm-hmm. in the bubble. I get it, but when they won the championship, top five player. I'm not. He's not a top five player right now. But when he's on his game, when he's on his game, wait, is he top five? Right, over the okay. past three you games, love, absolutely. Uh, well, not, okay, small sample size. You love t- top fives. You're top five players in the league right now. Top five players in the league? Right now, not over the past week, not okay. over the past um, Jason, right Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, yeah, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I mean, he's... So, like, if you're starting, if this was, like, a draft... You haven't said Giannis onto Giannis, I mean, yeah. Giannis, Giannis, and then probably... 
Embiid, Embiid, Steph, Steph over Embiid. Yeah, Shea Gilgis Alexander is averaging 32 points per game, 67% true shooting percentage. He's the most efficient player in the league when with his usage percentage this season. Yeah. And I know it's like through early on in the season, but yeah. he's an obvious superstar, and we now know why Jerry West was so reluctant to include him in that Paul George deal. Not reluctant enough. <laughs> apparently, apparently, right? Yeah, I mean, they wanted to make that deal, and again. People know this, but they forget it because it's cute to kind of put it side by side. Like, they had to do the Paul George trade to get Kawhi. So you really do have to view it as a package deal. You do have to view it as, we're not... Kawhi said, I'm not coming here unless you get Paul George. So they always view that as the the package. Kawhi plus Paul George. That being said, yeah. If there was a way for them to make that trade without trading away Shea... You, you have to do it. But by the way, he's not having the season he's having right. with Kawhi and Paul right. George, right? So, Absolutely not. It's, yeah. the same, it's the same conversation you have with the Brandon Ingram development. Yes. Is he the same player in L.A. that he is now in New Orleans if he, if he doesn't get traded? And I, and I don't think either of those I guys are the, same, are the same player. Yeah. But, but when you look at what he's doing right now, this is like worst case scenario for the Clippers where you knew this kid would be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he turns into a top five player, I mean, not just through the first, uh, you know, half of the season, but like a a superstar, one of the best players in the league. Um, that's that's a concern. The Clippers do have to at least win one championship for that trade <laughs> to be a success. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Fernando Ramirez talking about last night's Chargers Chiefs game. When we come back on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California, the Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now and joining us, my main man from the Sporting Tribune, Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you? Arash, thank you again for having me on. I'm uh, I'm good. World Cup. It's World Cup time, Arash. World Cup time. There's nothing, there's nothing else going on in the world. It's, <laughs> it's, all, it's all World Cup all the time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, again, thank you for, for having me on. Uh, Fernando, you did a great job of really kind of, you know, putting a bow on that crazy game Sunday night football. I really felt I was watching that game a year ago where the chiefs come back and they beat the the chargers and you're looking at the clock and it's like, Oh my God, that's enough time for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to do what they do best. Another tough, heartbreaking loss for the chargers. Uh, Your thoughts on that game. I mean, I 
I don't know what's going on in the second half with these guys. And I mean, I asked DeAndre Carter, one of the receivers, and he said, we're just not executing. And then you ask Brandon Staley, you ask uh, Justin Herbert, they said, we're not, uh, we're getting off the field on third down. So uh, we're not staying consistent. We're not moving the ball. They've been outscored 29 to seven the last two weeks. You had two Super Bowl contenders, basically, um, on the ropes, and you weren't able to finish it off. And I, I felt like I wrote it last week, too. They have no, cl- they have no uh, clutch gene. They have no closing punch. They don't have a knockout punch. And, and that's really what, uh, what kind of finished them off. This has kind of been consistent since Patrick Mahomes and the Justin Herbert era started, where um, the Chargers are up, and here come the Chiefs, and they end up winning the game at the end. I mean, the Chargers were able to win last year when, uh, when Brandon Staley, and, and that's the thing. So last year, Staley went for it on fourth down in that game in Kansas City in week two, and they end up winning the game. Uh, obviously, the fourth down didn't go down uh, the, the second week, or the second time that they faced each other on Thursday night football, but still, he went for chances. Last night, they didn't go for any of those chances. They didn't take any chances. And uh, they sometimes they settle for field goals when with when with Kansas City you have to go for touchdowns so it hurt them and now they sit at five and five and and you kind of wonder well yeah the wild card but you see the Giants only have only lost uh, four games the Patriots have only lost four games so it, it, it's starting to get tough for them and and they're not putting uh, they're not putting teams away and that can hurt them in this back end of the season. Fernando, Elisa Hillary here. Would you agree the protection around Herbert really just seemed to fade um, as the game went on? Four of the five sacks came in that second half. Yes, but at the same time, Herbert needs to learn to throw the ball away. I mean, there's times where he kind of sacks himself in a sense. Like, there was one where he took off running and then he slid uh, two yards behind uh, the line and Chris Jones came up, and rightly so, because these guys have incentives. Don't forget, folks. So he runs up and he touches him and he's like, "Hey!" He raises his hand. He's like, "I got him! I got him! I got him!" I'm like, "Yeah, you want those? Uh, you want those incentives?" Uh, so yeah, no, it, it's kind of been a, a little bit rough. But the offensive line's actually done a really good job. The only problem is it's a makeshift offensive line still. I mean, uh, Rashawn Slater's not there, which Jabari Sawyer has done a great job. Uh, a rookie six round pick. He hasn't allowed a sack this whole season. Um, it was more the right side where Trey Pipkins was allowing some of that pressure. Guys were coming in free. Uh, rookie right guard Zion Johnson did not have a good game. He, Mike Dana really took it to him and was able to get two sacks on third down. Um, but I don't think it's just the pressure. I just think also it's the uh, it's um, it's a little bit of the of the creativity. Offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi needs to be more creative with his playbook. And I mean, it just. There, there's times where you see some of these plays and you're like, dude, what are you, what, what are you calling? So it's a little, uh, it's a little, um, I mean, obviously the, the players aren't going to call him out or, and neither is it, neither are, uh, neither is Brandon Staley, but it is starting to get a little bit weird about how the last two, the last couple of weeks, they just haven't been able to get started. At first it was, you can't get started in the first half. Now it's, you can't finish the game. So which one is it? Are they a team that can't finish the, the in the second half or, uh, they had a team that can't start the game, uh, so it's it's uh, it's interesting to see kind of how um, the offense is just. It, it's not the same offense that we saw last year. And Fernando, let me ask you this: I want to I want to hear a prediction from you. And I know it's tough to predict anything with the Chargers, but Cardinals, Raiders, Dolphins, Titans, Colts. That's a that's kind of a brutal stretch besides the Cardinals because yeah. the Raiders are actually playing better football too, but obviously they're inconsistent. What do you think they go in those? 
five games. Dude, you should be speaking to me in Spanish. Your 49ers are in Mexico City. You you should have asked me in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, that Miami game is going to be tough. Uh, that Tennessee, yeah, I think they, you said five games. I'll say they go three and two. I think they lose that Tennessee game, and I think they lose that Dolphins game. I, I think I think those two games are going to be tough. Um, they can't defend anybody right now. I mean, Travis Kelsey went bonkers on them. And then that's the other thing, and that's what I've been talking about also, about the maturity of Patrick Mahomes. I used to criticize him because I'd be like, oh, well, you have Tyreek Hill, you have Travis Kelsey. You can you can basically do anything. Well, now he's learned how to throw to different receivers. He's, like Sometimes he would overthrow and underthrow other guys who weren't Tyreek Hill, who weren't Travis Kelsey. And now he hits these guys perfectly, and now he can win with guys. Like last night they won with a uh, three-time end set almost the whole night, and he was getting the ball to different guys. So really kudos to Patrick Mahomes, he's still, which is scary because he's still growing as a quarterback, and he's only getting better. So uh, really, um, I was really impressed with him last night. Fernando, USC has a date on Saturday with Notre Dame, who, after starting 3-3, three and three, have now won five straight, including a pretty dominant win over Clemson. Um, what, what do you think happens on Saturday? I know that you know, you're familiar with this Notre Dame team, uh, but if SC, yeah. if SC runs the table, you know, they, they, they very well could be in that college football playoff. I think USC should be able to handle them. The only thing is, uh, what, uh, are they going to be able to control Michael Mayer, the tight end? I was telling Arash yesterday, I'm like, Arash, this kid is the real deal. Like, I even told Chargers GM Tom Telesco, this guy is the combination of Gronk and Travis Kelsey. Like, this dude is legit. Like, he has all the tools. He, he can catch in, in space. He can do a lot of the things uh, that b- made Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey what they are. And I just think that the guy is explosive. So, if they're able to control him and kind of keep him down, uh, they'll be able to do well. The only thing that also... Uh, should worry USC is they have three really good running backs that can run the football. They're all, all three of them are different. So, um, so that's the only, that I, and I feel like that's what the Notre Dame is going to come in and try and do. They're going to try and exploit the USC, uh, defense by dashing them and running the football. And they've been doing it consistently the last few weeks. So they've been very impressive, but I think USC should be able to handle it. I mean, they got Caleb Williams, um, and they have some really good, they have Addison, they have some really good weapons. And I feel like they'll be able to, to put it up, uh, to put it up on the scoreboard. So I, I, I think USC should be able to, to handle Notre Dame. But man, I, I can't wait to see Michael Mayer again play because uh, I'm telling you guys, this guy is this guy's legit. Yeah, Fernando, you touched on it at the, at the end there, but you know, Drew Drew Pine's doing enough to win Notre Dame games. I don't know if he's necessarily you know carrying them in a sense. So would you would you agree that stopping the run is SC's key to success in this game? Oh, 100%. And you know what? Drew Pine's actually, I did a, a really cool story about him uh, when I was out there because uh, Drew's one of these guys that uh, he's not flashy. So that's a lot of people were like, well, why is he, why is he even in contention for the starting gig? I'm like, he just, he makes the right plays. And that's the thing. He doesn't turn the ball over. He, yeah. He's not flashy. He doesn't take off running. He doesn't do all these other, uh, all these other things, but he takes care of the football. He makes correct plays. And, uh, and I felt like that's why he should have been the starter from the beginning. Um, cause Buckner just, uh, Buckner just takes off running. He, he's a little inconsistent and he makes weird throws, but I think Pine's a good quarterback, but yeah, no running the football is going to be, uh, is going to, I think they're going to be their bread and butter this weekend. Um, especially if they think that USC has a weak, uh, a weak run defense. I think they're going to try and, and use all three of them. Audric Estemine, he's a big back. Like I'm telling you, he's big. He's, uh, he's brutal. He's going to, they're going to try and use him, I think, to tire out the the USC defense because 
once you get once you start hitting these big backs at one point you're like okay i'm tired i don't want to be hitting this guy anymore and i think that's how they're going to try and uh beat the usc they're going to try and gash them and and run the football on them all day Hi, Fernando. It's Alicia. Hi. I want to get right to it. World Cup is here. And I wanted to ask you real quick. We don't have enough time to get into FIFA being corrupt and Qatar. <laughs> Let's just get right to it. Mexico I'll versus bre- Poland. Are you going to wake up early? Are you having breakfast? Are you rocking your new L3 jersey? Uh, I don't know about that because I think that the, the manager is terrible. I think he took a terrible team to the world cup and i just think and he's already looking for a job uh is what i've been hearing so uh if that's the kind of indication that it is it means it's going to be a terrible world cup for mexico but <laughs> yes i actually got home from sofi at two thirty in the morning and at five i was already uh putting on the the england iran game i was in and out of consciousness watching it but i'll, I'll definitely be up i'll be watching all these games the world cup only comes around four times uh four times so i definitely want to uh or every once every four years so i definitely want to catch uh every single game um but if, if you're asking me who i'm going to be rooting for i'm going to be rooting for portugal i want my ah. boy the greatest player of all time cristiano ronaldo to get that <laughs> world cup and to finally hush up all the naysayers that say that a certain argentinian player is better than him when we all know that ain't that cap, that ain't fact. Fallacy. Uh oh! Now, now you got Brandon going. This I love it. This is what World Cup does, right? All of us have our team. Arash sitting here disappointed with Iran. You know, it's going to be amazing. And real quick, I got to give a shout out to our homegrown hero. There is a young man from Pico Rivera, California, playing for Team USA, and I want to make sure and give him oh, a lot cool. of love. Christian Roldan. Oh, I almost said Roldan. Actually, it is Roldan. It sounds like Ronaldo. <laughs> I swear I'm sober. Um, he built a, a, a soccer field for the kids in Pico. So we have a lot of love for him and his family. So go, go, go. That's it, Brandon? No Argentina, but come well, back? Well, I was, I was going to, I mean, I, I love Argentina, but I'm obviously it's U.S. first, but we're not going to win the World Cup. So, I mean, we could get far, but we're not going to, let's be real, we're not going to win the World Cup. We're not going to so, win, but they're young. And, that is true. There's a lot to like. this is the first team in U.S. history, in U.S. men's, where a lot of these young men play for Chelsea that, and all, you know, all of yeah. those who went to, so... Maybe not this year, but 2026 when it's yep. held here in the States. That'd be great. Right? I mean... I'm just looking forward to, you know... Keep with, your expectations low. Yeah, with my, <laughs> with my girlfriend <laughs> being from Argentina and her whole family, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully Argentina stepping up to the plate for once and winning a World Cup with Messi because, you know, he hasn't done it. Yeah. No, and, and there's no... No, if Maradona, Maradona's out there, so they can't win a World Cup. That's, not- the, that's the guy right there. He wins the World Cup. Fernando, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Canada. Around this table is actually a Canadian born oh, and raised in Ottawa. And yeah, Canada doesn't get a whole lot of love in the soccer <laughs> world. I actually, you know what's funny? Awesome. I actually think Canada's going to be the best CONCACAF team in the World Cup. They're going to perform the best I out of all it. the CONCACAF teams. I think Alfonso Davies is the best left back in the world. I feel like Canada is going in there with a chip on their shoulder. And obviously the players want to get paid. I know that there was a, there was a lot made about them possibly not going to the World Cup if they didn't get uh, higher wages. So yeah. I definitely think these players deserve it. I think Canada is finally getting put on the map, like rightfully so. I and I think Canada is going to be the best uh, team in CONCACAF. Uh, them or Costa Rica, but I really do believe that uh, Canada has the most talented team 
going into the going into the World Cup out of the CONCACAF. I love it. You can't see me, but I'm getting the goosebumps. <laughs> next, time we'll, next time we'll talk about the Canadian Football League. There you go. <laughs> Fernando, I wanted to ask you about, and I know that, you know, they didn't play very good teams, but the Lakers, they, they're on a three-game win streak now, 5-10 and ten on the season. What do we make of that three-game win streak? Do we make anything of it? Trade Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, honestly, what the, the most important thing is AD is getting going. That's the one thing that the Lakers needed. They need AD getting going. LeBron's not there. Well, I mean, LeBron hasn't played a couple of games. Uh, and AD said, hey, I'm going to put this team on my back. So that's certainly a good sign for them. Um, I know that he's, uh, he's hurting. But it's, it's so good to see that AD is out here putting up points. Austin Reeves, uh, he's another guy that I'm, I've been very impressed with. He really, he's making baskets. He's doing kind of the all-around. He's, he's kind of turning into a mini Caruso. So, uh, <laughs> so obviously he's taller and he's bigger, but it's been fun to see him uh, shine as well. But it's all about AD. If you can get AD going, if you can get AD interested, if you can get AD uh, firing on all cylinders, that's what's important. So uh, definitely that. But I still think the Lakers need to trade Russell Westbrook. I still think they need to bring in somebody. I mean, I know uh, our good friend Dan Wakey from the LA Times uh, pointed out Bradley Beal that the Lakers may be interested in him. That'd be a good, that'd be a really good player to bring in. Three-point shooter, a guy who could really, uh, who could uh, compliment LeBron and AD. I mean, there's guys out there, but I just, uh, they, they need to trade him. I mean, I know that he's doing well as a sixth man and everything, but uh, don't wait until right now, it's, uh, right now the stock is at an all-time high. Sell, sell, sell. And uh, and uh, bring in somebody who can really compliment the guys and, and help them out. Well, Fernando, I wanted to just say I wanted to refute the Bradley Beal thing for one reason. He's going to have the worst contract in the NBA, fifty million That's a year. True. That's it. Yes, he would be a good fit, but his efficiency has dwindled in the, in the past yeah, couple I, of years, and it'd be like a Westbrook two point I mean, obviously not as he's a better fit, but you get what I mean with the contract. I don't I don't want them to get contractually obligated you know to players over the next couple of years when they should I agree. you know yeah, make you wanna, a splash in free agency off, yeah you want to come off the books my bad I, that was just the first name i thought of when uh when i was thinking of that but yeah no i mean the miles turner stuff is good like that's that's the trade i've, I've kind of wanted and those guys are playing well right now buddy Hill and miles turner so um but i just i wonder what uh i wonder what the lakers if they have any plans or if they're just going to keep on moving forward with russ as their sixth man but um, but they, they I, I think they should make a change and, uh, and do it now while the season's still young in a sense. Well, Fernando, we're going to get a glimpse of how good the Lakers actually are right now on Tuesday against Phoenix. They've been winning without LeBron James. What does this mean for, I'm not going to do the whole, um, undisputed with Skip Bayless. So how does this affect LeBron's legacy? <laughs> do it. But like, <laughs> everything. Hey, uh, the Cowboys win. How does this affect LeBron's legacy? It's like literally every question, but you know, LeBron hasn't been great. 23% from three. What what are we thinking here when he when he comes back? Do you think he's going to ruin the rhythm of this team? I know it's a crazy question to ask, but when he's been on the court, Davis hasn't been as good, and Westbrook no, hasn't been as good. It, it is a crazy question, but I, I fully had a conversation with with my family members, like the my my uncles, whatever, the other day about they're winning games with Russell Westbrook and without LeBron James, and it's it's a crazy it's a crazy conversation to have, but it's a conversation that is fully being had right now. Absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, if you, but you have to look at the kind of talent that they're playing in a sense. I mean, you need LeBron in some of these, in these bigger games, you're going to need a guy like LeBron. 
Um, especially because, I mean, obviously he's the leader of the team and everything. But I think I think LeBron's going to come back and he's going to kind of turn into 2020 LeBron, where he's going to try and feed uh, he's going to try and feed AD. That's what he needs to do. Just look and be like, hey, that's my guy. Uh, that's AD. I need I need to feed him. He's the hot hand right now. I think that's kind of what LeBron might come back and do. I think that'd be smart to do. Um, obviously, don't put all of it on AD, but like LeBron, pick and choose your spots. Uh, maybe be an assist guy. That's what. That's why they were so successful in 2020, in my opinion. LeBron was the lead, leading the league in assists. He didn't put that much toll on his body. He was picking and choosing his shots. And I thought that was smart. I was like, okay, you're saving yourself. These last two years, I don't think LeBron's kind of saved himself. I think he's kind of put his body through more stress. He's been trying to, um, when there's no, when there's a big guy in the lane, he still runs through and tries to like uh, tackle guys over. And it's like, no, dude, you want to rescue or you want to save your body, especially if you want to play with, uh, with Bronny or whatever. But, um, but I think he'll be fine. I think the Lakers will be fine. I just think he, they, he needs to go back to that 2020 LeBron where uh, he uh, where he kind of um, the offense goes through AD and, and he just picks and chooses his spots to, to put up points. I mean, he's still one of the better uh, NBA players, but uh, but that's what I would do if I was the Lakers and if I was uh, LeBron. Fernando, the last two minutes here, Kawhi's back. You know, he's still not himself, but, you know, he's back. He's starting. He's looking good. Clippers look good. Yes, the competition has not been that great, but, you know, like the, they look like, once again, like the contenders we thought that they could be. Your thoughts on, A, Kawhi coming back, and B, the Clippers, you know, becoming the contenders we thought that they could be? Well, I mean, obviously getting Kawhi back is, uh, is, a, huge, uh, is a huge deal for this team. Uh, Kawhi's still one of the better players in the NBA. I mean, I know he hasn't he hasn't really played uh, all that much in the last few years, but he's still uh, he's still can contribute. He's still going to help, and he's still the superstar of the team. Uh, I just think that the the Clippers need to um, the Clippers just need uh, they have so many players around them that it's like, hey, hey uh, Kawhi, you can take a couple of games off and do your thing, and then come back. So they're stacked, man. I mean, they have so many good players on that team. The only thing is, like you said, they have struggled. But for offensive cohesion, they're going to need Kawhi back. I just wonder if they're going to still let him load manage, especially because you don't want to break the rhythm of the team. I feel like that's kind of what's gotten in their way in the last few years is that Kawhi plays two games, he's out for five. He does, like, there's a lot of stuff like that that obviously hampers with the offense. So I wonder wonder if they're still going to let him uh, do that moving forward, especially if that breaks offensive and defensive cohesion the way it kind of has in the past. Yeah, I mean, my guess is that they have to do it for Kawhi. That's that's that's, that's, that's yeah. something that he wants to do. Um, but again, my concern was he wasn't going to come back and that this was going to be lingering. So I am glad that Kawhi's back. I am glad that the club. We need to have one team, for goodness sakes, in Los Angeles that's contending. You know, Arash, the, you have USC. There's the best. Okay. I am very pumped. The about best USC. player in college football. Uh, By the way, Arash, real quick, we were uh, we were on our way back. Uh, yeah. Eric, my brother, and myself, and my brother goes. Well, at least I have USC football That's true. to count on. So I am, he was—he's <laughs> he, excited about USC football. He's a Trojan. That he's with that. you, Arash. He's a Trojan. Love it. Fight on. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, "Stay safe and stay healthy." This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.